Welcome to Front Office Pros, brought to you by the Front Office Pros, Steve and Joe. The NFL season is less than two months away. We've been going through the divisional breakdowns for each division. We're going in a little bit of a different order now. We're going to the NFC South, and here with us to break it all down is Jeff Hasley. Jeff is a senior writer, content provider for football guys, and also a video editor and graphic designer for the Fantasy Doctors. Jeff, thank you so much. Uh, for making your first appearance with us on Front Office Pros. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate you inviting me and, and coming on, and I'm excited to talk about the worst division in football, <laughs> <laughs> the NFC South, at least uh, according to the consensus. Hut, hut, hike! That is true, Jeff, and according to last season, uh, it was not a very stellar division. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Tom Brady Tampa Bay Buccaneers, obviously now he's retired, uh, they won the division at a lowly 8-9. and nine. Uh, Then your Carolina Panthers, Jeff, were 7-10. and 10. The New Orleans Saints were 7-10, and 10, and the Atlanta Falcons were 7-10. and 10. So everyone's just kind of in the middle there. So based on what has happened this offseason, what is your guys' prediction on who will be the NFC South division champion? I actually think this this plays well for Carolina, um, but I, I think that the winner is likely going to be nine and seven, or excuse me, nine and eight or ten and seven. Um, I I like Carolina. I'm trying not to be biased here as a Panthers fan, um, but I, I I think that Bryce Young is a is a great pick for Carolina and for Frank Reich. Uh, I think he's going to surprise some people with how well he is in terms of his efficiency and what he can do on offense, not turn the ball over. And the defense is actually one of their strong suits. That is uh, uh, arguably one of the better division or one of the better defenses in the, in the division. So I think, I think Carolina could potentially win the NFC South with, uh, I mean, you've got, you've got Tampa who is the King of the Hill who lost his King right? And Tom Brady. So what in the world are they going to do? They're, they're still kind of uh, floating around there and thinking, well, you know, we still got Mike Evans. We still have Chris Godwin. We still have this. We have that. They're a possibility and anything can happen. But with Baker Mayfield under center, I, it's just, I don't know. I don't really see uh, a division winning situation there with him under center. Uh, so I think it comes down to Carolina, Atlanta, and New Orleans. And Whichever team obviously does better in the division in terms of division wins, I think is going to win this. And it's going to come down to a, 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 a 10 and seven or a nine and eight type of team. So I, I like my chances of, of Carolina getting there. We'll see. Yeah. For me, uh, you know, I'm going to take a swing here. This was a tough division just because like you said, you know, nobody's really elite. There's not many teams that separated themselves. So everyone's, you know, kind of close. It's going to be a tough battle to the end. Uh, but I'm going to take a stab and go with the Atlanta Falcons. I know that could be kind of surprising, but, um, you know, I like the additions that they've made on offense, obviously drafting B. John Robinson. Um, I, you know, I like their roster defense is, you know, not, not the best for sure, but, um, you know, last year they were a really competitive team with Marcus Mariota. And if Desmond Ritter can take a step in his second year, um, with a guy that doesn't have to do a lot with the strong run game that they have, you know, I could see the Falcons, you know, win in the division possibly here. See, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Jeff here. I'm going to agree with you. I think it's the Carolina Panthers. I really like Bryce Young. Uh, I have been a proponent of his, uh, you know, during this whole draft process. 
I think he is going to be an unconventional quarterback. Um, he has eyes in the back of his head. He's an elite processor. I think uh, he is going to make some wow plays. Uh, this this team was a really competitive team, uh, even with not having that great of a quarterback last year. So I, I agree with you, Jeff. I think the defense is solid. Uh, I think the weapons around Bryce Young, nobody elite but good. I think bringing in Miles Sanders is going to help in the running game. You've got Hayden Hurst, who is an okay tight end, but you know he's been around the block, brings some veteran leadership. And then a host of wide receivers. I don't know who's going to emerge out of there, but they've got a litany of receivers that could do something. So I like the supporting cast around him, um, as well as a decent offensive line uh, with Iki Iquanu as well, who I think was a great draft pick by them. Uh, last season. So I think overall, I really like the Panthers uh, winning the division, uh, but I agree. This was a difficult division to uh, figure out who was going to win. Cause they're all kind of muddled in there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's like I said, it's going to come down to who wins those divisional games and the, the, the Panthers at least start off with, with two straight divisional games to begin the season, which is something you don't see too often that week one at Atlanta and then week two, at home versus New Orleans on Sunday night football. So that will be interesting. I think for as for Carolina's outlook, the first two games are going to say a lot. So heading over to the wild card team, I'm interested to see what you guys think. Do you think that there are any teams that get a wild card in the NFC South? I'm going to say no. I don't think there will be a wild card from the NFC South. I think it's most likely going to come from another division. Um, and especially if it's a, a nine and eight team that wins the division. So, uh, I'm going to say no, no other wild cards from the NFC South. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I don't think that there will be a wild card team out of the division. Um, but Steve, you know, what, through the record here, I've already used up my wild card spots in the NFC. So even if I did think one, I can't predict that. So, <laughs> Exactly. I, I'm with you guys. Consensus here. I do not think that any team uh, will be deserving of the wild card, although the NFC is a way more wide open than the AFC. And the NFC South plays the AFC South, which I would say might be two of the worst divisions in football. So as a result, you could have, just because of the strength of schedule, you could see someone surprise. Um, and the reason why I even picked the Panthers is we know Around four to six teams, new teams make the playoffs. So, you know, last year the Bucks made it. This year, I think the Panthers end up making it, but no wild card teams. So, all three of us agree. So, how does the division finish out? So, we each had uh, me and Jeff have the Panthers as number one. Joe has the Buccaneers. How do you have the division? I got finishing? the Falcons. Oh, yeah. the Falcons. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> how, do, how do you finish it out? Um. So I, I took Carolina to win the division and it's like a, by the narrowest of margins here. Uh, I have Atlanta second, New Orleans third and Tampa fourth, just because um, I'm, I really think that it's just their time to, to tank a little bit. And, and maybe who knows, maybe they get one of those star quarterbacks next year. Uh, and as we have another, a new quarterback entering the NFC South next year. Um, so yeah, I, I have Atlanta as the second team. And they're a, they're a tough offense, especially if, if Desmond Ritter connects and he, he does well. Uh, if, if not, then that could be their downfall. So, I mean, I think Atlanta will, will completely be determined based on what the quarterback position gives them, whether that's Desmond Ritter or if it's Taylor Heineke, if he replaces him midseason. Who knows? 
we know Bijan Robinson and Drake London and Kyle Pitts are capable of, of doing big things. The question though is, you know, who's going to be the, uh, you know, the, the captain of the team, the quarterback who, who uh, drives them down the field and gets them scoring uh, opportunities and, and, you know, puts points on the board. So if Ritter can do that, then this offense of Atlanta can go places. So that's kind of what there's not a whole lot of clarity in these NFC South teams right now, but we're going to find out real quick what, what is most likely going to happen in that division. Yeah, we sure will. Well, especially like you mentioned, you know, the Panthers starting out with two divisional games. I mean, get a pretty good sense how competitive, uh, you know, division will be right off the bat there. But for me, uh, the rest of the division, I got the Saints, Panthers, and then the Bucks in last. Um, you know, I think it's going to be close between, you know, for me, you know, second and third was really close between the Panthers and Saints. You know, I just gave the edge to the Saints with a, you know, more veteran quarterback in Derek Carr. You know, I'm not as confident in Bryce Young as Steve. You know, I think he could go for through some growing pains in his rookie year here. And if he does that, you know, it could, uh, you know, kind of put a damper on the Panthers season later. Um, so that's why I have kind of them, you know, two and three there. And then the Bucks, like you said, I don't trust Baker Mayfield or Cairo Trask. And it's just a veteran roster. You know, I, I just don't see them really being that competitive in this division. I don't know, Joe. I think you're underselling it. Maybe because we've got a guess with a Panthers fan, but I think you're worried about Bryce Young's height. I think you've been very concerned about Bryce Young. It's not it's not so much his height, Steve. It's it's like he's not very big. Not not just height wise, like his muscle mass and you know, weight. I'm worried about his durability taking hits. I mean, that that's that's my concern. But it's not so much I'm not that concerned with him possibly getting hurt in like his rookie year. That's more so durability, like for long term. But, you know, I just rookie quarterback, you know, I, I do think the Panthers have a solid roster. I just it's hard for me to put trust in a rookie quarterback for them to, you know, win the division or be up there. So, you know, if I if I could mention something about the Saints and, and Derek Carr, just looking, I mean, you have to remember, he's the cast off from the, the, the Raiders. Yeah, trust me, uh, I don't have the most confidence in Derek Carr that this, you know, it's going to turn around the Saints team for sure. He has <laughs> one winning season in the last six. Yeah. So, you know, that's what is he going to turn it around? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's possible he could. But this is also, you know, Derek Carr that we're talking about. He had. Devonte Adams is one of the best receivers in the league and he still couldn't, you know, turn it around. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know there as far as Bryce Young is concerned and his size and those concerns, I could sort of understand that if it was a problem in Alabama and the sec or throughout his entire career. And it, it just hasn't, we've seen other quarterbacks do well. Uh, we've seen Kyler Murray do well. We've seen Drew Brees do well. Going back to the Hall of Fame, we've seen Fran Tarkenton do well, who is actually shorter and less weight than Bryce Young. So there's opportunity for him to uh, to do well here. I don't think that the, the size issue is going to be as big as what people think. Yeah, I just my uh, you know I get that he played in the SEC, but there's a difference when some grown men are hit, hitting you than the young boys in the SEC. So that's what I want to see: durability of hits of you know coming from grown men on the uh, you know defensive side. Well, that, we're definitely going to find that out for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Year.
<laughs> Jeff, I just want to say thank you for giving some common sense to Joe. I know it's taken him a while, but sometimes he's one of those people that you have to see it to believe it. So he'll get there. I'm with you 100%. But as far as oh, my, I definitely got to see it to believe it, Steve. <laughs> as, far as, my, as far as my breakdown here, guys, I, I got Panthers 1. I've got – I don't love it, but I've got Saints 2. Then I've got Falcons 3, and I've got the Buccaneers last. Buccaneers are a mess. Uh, you know, when they went all in with Tom Brady, uh, their cap space is, you know, and people want to say uh, the cap isn't real. It's very real. Um, and they're paying the price. So this says the Rams were paying the price. Uh, all mm -hmm. those void years that that, that uh, Tom Brady had in his contract, they're paying that money while he's retired doing whatever he's doing. So I think the Bucks. I don't believe in Baker. I think Baker, I, I was surprised what he was able to do with the Rams. Uh, but he was like the worst quarterback. And you could probably attest to it because you watched him on Sunday. But when I watched him on the Panthers, I was like, this guy might be the worst quarterback in the entire league. I mean, he was really rough. So I have no confidence in him or Kyle Trask. So Bucks is last. And then Falcons, you know, it's interesting. They've got so many dynasty darlings on their team. You know, people love Kyle Pitts. People love Drake London. People love B. John Robinson. I mean, like you would think on paper. This team should really, you know, even if their defense is horrible, they should be this high-powered machine. But I just, I don't, I don't have a lot of confidence in Arthur Smith and that coaching staff. I just, I haven't seen it. They've underperformed ever since he's gotten there. Um, maybe the 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 workhorse running back is what he needed because that was his whole style with Tennessee. So maybe that changes. But I'm just not a believer in Desmond Ritter. Maybe if they had. Maybe if Derek Carr was with the Falcons, maybe I'd feel differently. And then with the Saints, they always seem to do better than I'm expecting because I don't think that roster is very good. And I'm with you guys. I don't have much confidence in Derek Carr either. But it's just one of those things that they're going to probably be hovering around mediocre. And so I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and have them be second. So transitioning over to the fantasy football side, because that is what our channel is primarily about. I'm going to ask the guys for a sleeper. So for each team, we're going to be going through and giving a sleeper. So who is your guy's sleeper for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I have Kate Otten, Steve. Okay. Um, you know, he's a second-year tight end. You know how I feel about those rookie tight ends, Steve. But as he's in the second year, Cameron Braid is no longer there. He's the, he's the tight end one. Um, you know, if Baker Mayfield's the quarterback, I definitely feel better about him being the sleeper because, uh, you know, back when he was on the Browns, you know, he definitely seemed to target the tight end position. So I think, um, he could be, Kate Otten could be a good beneficiary of Baker Mayfield being the quarterback. And we all know that he struggles to throw the ball, you know, down the field to somebody like a Mike Evans. Um, so I, I think, uh, Kate Otten could, could be a good value at the tight end spot this year. All right. That's interesting. I'm glad you went with Kate Otten because I took Rashad White. Um, I, I think Rashad White is going to be the sleeper here for the Bucs. Uh, he's a one-cut downhill runner. He can run both inside and inside and outside the tackles. Um, yeah, he runs with determination through contact, but he kind of lacks that physical presence and that ability to uh, be elusive and have some wiggle in space. So, But having said that, Baker Mayfield is one of the quarterbacks in, in the NFL that has the most checkdowns to running backs, hmm. which is a good thing. We want that for Rashad White, at least. And uh, if you look back at last year, 
Leonard Fournette had 51% of the rushing market share on Tampa and white was second with 36% with Fournette now not in the picture and no other veteran in the picture. Maybe Sean Tucker has uh, some sort of a role on the team, but that's, we don't even know that. Um, so it's looking like white is going to be the, the leading rusher. And that mo- most likely will translate to his receiving ability as well. As a receiver, Fournette had 52% of uh, uh, route, routes run and uh, White was 33%. So without Fournette, yeah, I think we're going to see more routes run by White. And again, those are all things that you want in a sleeper running back. And, uh, you know, regardless of whether or not Tampa wins four games or 12 games, I still think that they're going to try and do as much as they can. Now, last year they led; they were worst in the NFL in in uh, rushing attempts. They had the fewest, but you know Tom Brady he passed the ball a lot, so he's not in that picture anymore. What's Baker Mayfield going to do? Yeah, that number is going to go up, but uh, I think I think White is someone who could be a potential sleeper here. And he, he may not fall in that category of sleeper. Like I said, a sleeper is someone who's outside of the top 150. But I'm really kind of struggling to think of who else could be a sleeper on that team. Kate Otten's a good one. That's not bad. I could see him having a, some sort of a role. Uh, but uh, I just wanted to get my my take there in for, uh, for Rashad White. Yeah, I, I you know it's interesting because I, I when Leonard Fournette was released, you know, there was this huge uh, – hub up on Twitter about Rashad White. Whether you buy him now, do you sell him now? Mm-hmm. I think for this season, I really like Rashad White a lot. I think he's he's definitely a guy I'm targeting um, in the middle rounds because I think he has a lot of value uh, for this season alone. My only concern is, do the Bucks bring in a veteran running back? You they still could. got Fournette out there. Would they bring him back? They've got Kareem. There's Kareem Hunt out there, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I don't think Dalvin Cook's going there, but there's a couple guys out there. The whole running back market right now is just kind of odd. So I don't know what's in to flux. Expect. Yeah, it's in flux while we wait for the pieces to settle. Absolutely. So my sleeper, and I'm with you guys. I had a really hard time finding this sleeper here, and I'm not even necessarily liking this one. Uh, this is like a waiver wire sleeper. I don't think I'm even drafting this guy, uh, but it'd be Russell Gage. Okay. Uh, I'm not convinced uh, if it's Baker. Um, Baker is not good at the deep ball. So Mike Evans, that's his play. So then you've got Chris Godwin. Who else do you have on the team? So to me, I think it's a possibility that just based on the style of play, Russell Gage, who, you know, had, has had good, some good seasons. He has been fantasy relevant, more so in Atlanta uh, than he was in Tampa Bay. Uh, so I don't love it. Um, I don't really, honestly, I, I probably would have said Rashad white, but I tried to go a little bit deeper. And so mm-hmm. I went, we went with uh, gauge. Yeah, he's interesting. I just, uh, the question is, is he going to be able to stay on the field? I mean, that's really been his issue with the bucks. And I think he's already dealing with a soft tissue issue from mini camp already. So, uh, you know, he definitely is a name that if he's healthy, I, you know, would be interested in, I mean, like you said, there's got it. Someone's got to have the third wide receiver spot there. Yeah, and if there's an injury to either one of Godwin or Evans, this team could be bad really quick. Really quick. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, what are your guys' sleeper for the Carolina Panthers? For the Panthers, you know, I like uh, LaVisca Chenault. I know this is a guy 
um, that's had a lot of buzz on him in years past. You know, everyone thought is, you know, first year he got to Carolina, changed the scenery from the Jags. They were going to use him a ton. Um, just hasn't really panned out. But I do think that this coaching staff likes Chenault, and I think they're going to have a plan for him. And he's still an explosive player. I think they could find a way to use him, you know, maybe in a similar fashion to possibly like a Debo Samuel. I could see it, him kind of playing that role. Um, and if he gets that, then I think he'll definitely be valuable for fantasy this year. Interesting. I like that call of Chenault. Um, I honestly, I, I say the entire wide receiver core because we don't know who's <laughs> going to step forward. And you could arguably say that there's not one single wide receiver that's in the top 40 in Carolina. I mean, you could say that and that would not be untruthful. Um, I think if, if I had to pick one, I guess I would say Jonathan Mingo. Uh, I mean, his athletic profile far exceeds any other receiver on the Panthers roster. And we know he kind of has a little bit of a lack of experience and it, it might not translate this year, or at least maybe not so far so early. However, they have a, the Panthers have a, a great coaching staff. They've got Adam Thielen who could be a coach on the field. We know that Mingo has, has excellent speed and breakaway ability on that uh, run after the catch, which is something that uh, Frank Reich likes to include in his offense. Uh, so he can make plays. He's, he's good at contested catches. We've seen that in his highlight film reels on YouTube and such. So he's got the, the, the look, the shape, and the pedigree and the school <laughs> of A.J. Brown. Uh, now the question is, can he put it all together? You know, we kind of saw bits and pieces of what he could do in, at, Mrs., at Ole Miss. So what, can he put it all together? Will this all-star coaching staff that Carolina has assembled be able to help him do that? And uh, when? And, and in my opinion, it's just kind of a, a question of when, not necessarily if. Yeah, I agree with you. I didn't make mention of that, but I love the coaching staff um, that they that Frank Reich has put around himself, um, especially on the offense. Uh, well, in defense too. They got Evero too as a defensive coordinator. I mean, they yeah. they I have never seen in my years of following that the for a first year like a, well he's not a first year head coach, but a first time a first season with a team, the coaching staff that he built around him is absolutely remarkable. Um, I mean, he did just an outstanding job, but. My pick is, and I agree, I think the wide receiver room is really going to be the sleeper here. What, who is it going to be? I'm going to go with Terrace Marshall. Uh, I think he's very talented. I drafted him a few years, you know, when he was a rookie two years ago. Uh, and then, you know, Matt Rule ruined him. <laughs> so now I'm curious to say, now that Wright comes in, who's going to be that guy? Like you mentioned, you've got Mingo. You've got Chanel. You got Terrace Marshall. You got Adam Thielen. You even got guys like Shai Smith who've even done stuff in the past. And we're not even mentioning DJ Chark, who they signed in free agency. So it's like there are so many guys. Who, who's going to be the ones that get the, the big playing time? I'll be very much watching what happens in training camp, in preseason, and what, who's going to be seated where in the depth chart, and who Bryce Young likes, who's their favorite target. But I'm going to go with Terrace Marshall. I've already seen a couple clips, and what I, I like what I'm seeing. I'm, I like hearing what reporters are saying about him. I'm believing the buzz, and so uh, maybe it's. Uh, I'm hoping for the best when it comes to Terrence Marshall. But one of these guys are gonna are gonna um, break out, uh, and I think uh, I'm gonna go with Marshall. 
Interesting. This uh, this wide receiver core for the Panthers kind of reminds me a little bit of the 2015 team when they went to the Super Bowl against Denver. Um, if you remember, it was the preseason where the Kelvin Benjamin, who came off of a 10 touchdown performance the year before, tore his ACL. So everyone's like, oh, no, there's no there's who's our, our star receiver is gone. So Carolina that year had had Philly Brown. They had Ted Ginn. They had Jericho Cotchery. And of course they had Greg Olson too. That he was a huge piece, but a bunch of, uh, you know, castaways and, and uh, misfits on that team. And it's kind of similar. And and of course, Cam Newton had his MVP season and he could do no wrong. Um, And he was able to write the ship in terms of the receiving core and, uh, you know, getting some production there. What can Bryce young do? You know, that's what we're going to find out for sure. But this kind of reminds me of that team where it's you don't really have one main guy. You've got a, a collection of guys. And this is kind of exactly what Bryce Young had last year at Alabama because Jamison Williams was out or he was gone, uh, not on the team anymore. Uh, so was John Mechie. So they had like Ja'Cory Brooks. They had, uh, gosh, who am I thinking of? I, don't know. I can't even remember the receivers on, on Alabama last year. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's all in, in what Bryce Young can do, I think. And, uh, I think there's going to be a little bit of optimism here with the receiving core. I just don't know which one it's going to be yet. So what are your guys sleepers for the new Orleans saints? So for the saints, uh, I'm going to stick in the wide receiver room here and, uh, I'm going to go with Rashid Shahid. <laughs> um, you know, and I think he's got a chance to emerge as the, that second guy behind Chris Olave you know, I know Michael Thomas is there. I still don't trust that he's going to, you know, stay healthy and be on the field. And we all know that Derek Carr likes to take shots down the field. And that's one thing that Shahid is able to do is get down the field. And, you know, Carr could take the deep shots to him. Um, you know, we kind of saw that last year with the Raiders. You know, Devontae Adams was getting hyper-targeted, but those deep shots were going to a guy like Matt Collins and everyone with Devontae Adams, I know I was frustrated last year with just how many deep shots I saw with Matt Collins. I'm like, why aren't these going to Devontae? Um, but I think uh, with the Shahid speed, and he could definitely be a dis- difference maker on the offense. I like that call a lot. In fact, Rashid Shahid is the guy that I have as my sleeper as well. Um, for me, he's just a weapon. Uh, not only is he a receiver, but he's also a, a, a good runner. So he's going to get rushing yards as well. And uh, we've seen before that you know when he hit, gets the ball in his hands, Good things happen. So he's that dual threat type of Debo Samuel type of copycat type of receiver. Um, and he is more than willing to, you know, put it all on the line and, and make plays. And, and it looks like Pete Carmichael, the offensive coordinator, is uh, electing to give him the ball more. Looking at his last four games last year, uh, Shahid had a team target share of 21 percent, 36 percent, 26 percent and 16%. So that says uh, a lot in terms, and we're not talking about just week 18. Um, Actually week 18 was when I think it was Alave who went off. Um, But uh, so, yeah, so he is in the coach's minds. Um, They've, they have specific plays designed for him. I think he's someone who is definitely going to take a step forward this year. I like Rashid Shahid a lot as uh, you know, a a late round pick in, in fantasy drafts. And someone that I think you can just kind of stash on your bench until he just absolutely takes off and you have no other choice but to start him. Yeah, so my sleeper for the New Orleans Saints is 
tight end Juwan Johnson. Last year, he had a career high in 65 targets. But for Derek Carr, since 2019, he's targeted the tight end position over 100 times, so 100 targets, three out of the four past years. And with 2020 only being 96 targets. So basically, for those past four years, he's targeted the tight end room. When you think about Waller and, and Foster Moreau combined, you're talking about over 100 targets. So to me, I see him being very utilized in the offense. I think the Taysom Hill experience um, is probably done now that you have Derek Carr stepping in as the full-time quarterback. Um, Hill, his, his real value was getting direct snaps and running at the goal line and getting touchdowns. So uh, I do like Juwan Johnson a lot. I think uh, he could be a deep sleeper for tight end. Uh, he, it could pay dividends for you. I like that call a lot, especially uh, with Derek Carr being in the equation now and him liking the tight end position. So, yeah, that's that's a good call. I like that. So going over to our last team in the division, the Atlanta Falcons. Who is your sleeper for them, guys? Yeah, for the Falcons, uh, I'm actually going to go with Desmond Ritter. Um, you know, <laughs> I know I knew you were going to like it, Steve. I was waiting for some sort of reaction for you. But, um, you know, I think that with with the running game that the Falcons had, have, he's not going to be asked too much. And just because they're run-heavy offense doesn't mean that there's not, you know, room for him to be fantasy relevant, you know. Most likely, it's a guy that you're probably going to have as your like quarterback three in a, like a super flex league, or maybe it's a guy you monitor, you know, on the waiver wire um, if you're in a single quarterback league. But you know, Marcus Mariota in the same run heavy offense last year ended up being a top twelve quarterback in fantasy. You know, I think you know if Desmond Ritter takes a step, I could, he definitely could, you know, possibly go into that territory as well. And it's a guy that we've seen that didn't turn the ball over much last year. He went. Uh, 115 passing attempts and threw one interception, which is pretty impressive. Um, and he's got some running ability as well. So I think if he puts it together, he could be somebody to monitor and, uh, you know, teams are be sleeping on him in your drafts. Yep. I actually have Desmond Ruhr as well. And wow. <laughs> I know, right. Um, you, you have to look at his, his, uh, uh, look at his resume from college. He had over 2,100 rushing yards at Cincinnati and compiled a 42 and six record there. Um, so he knows how to win. We know that he can run the ball. At least he did in college. Why not in the pros? We know that Arthur Smith likes to run the ball and this is going to be a heavy Bijan Robinson type of offense. Uh, we're also going to see some play action as well. And who knows? We're most likely going to get some opportunities for Ritter to run the ball too. Uh, I think he could reach 300, 350 yards rushing, and that might even be a floor considering what he was able to do in Cincinnati in college. The question that I have for him is, can he put it all together? And how much exactly will B. John Robinson help him? How much will Drake London help him? London is an excellent route runner, uh, excellent at um, uh, making plays uh, in, in contested catches, that kind of thing. Uh, so how much is, is his... Um, a complimentary piece is going to help him out. And I think the answer to that is if it's, if it's a lot, then I think we're going to be really excited about Desmond Ritter and what he can do for this Falcons offense. So uh, Ritter is, is my sleeper for the Falcons as well. Interesting. Well, he's not mine. <laughs> my, my, I, I'm not, I wouldn't even be surprised if 
uh, you know, with this team and Arthur Smith, I think his his job on the hot seat. I wouldn't be surprised if they're vying for the division like you guys think that they will be. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they go to the savvy veteran Taylor Heineke. Yeah, to help them to to be able to make it to that playoff push. Uh, but my pick, and it, I don't like it, but I, this team is hard to find one, uh, is Matt Collins. Uh, okay. You know, I think at the end of the day, I think this is going to be a, a running-oriented team. I think it's going to run through uh, <laughs> B. John Robinson, no pun intended. But for Matt Collins last year, he had a you know breakout year, 94 targets, 57 catches for 690 yards and four touchdowns. He's a bigger target. Uh, so, you know, to me, I think uh, he's really, I would think, the second receiver in this offense. I know a lot of people really like Drake London um, as well. But I, I for me, he I don't know if I draft him. He's another waiver wire guy. I might be focusing on week one and see how he does. Uh, but he could be a potential sleeper, so that's who I'm going with. So we're going to do a bust. We need to go. We're going to You only have to give me one bust for the division. Uh, you can give me a lengthy explanation as to why they're a bust or just a quick answer. Uh, but what is your guys bust for the NFC South division? Yeah. You know, uh, you know, Jeff made the case for this player earlier. Um, but I'm going to go with Rashad White as being a bust. You know, he's a guy Whoa. that uh, teams have been really <laughs> drafting just because he's the only guy, you know, he's the main guy now that Fournette's not there as of right now in the Tampa Bay running, you know, running back room. I do think that they still could add a veteran. Um, but even still, you know, Rashad White had the fourth lowest yards per route run last year. Um, he also forced the fifth fewest missed tackles with only 14. That's a little bit concerning. Um, you know, I think he wasn't that impressive as a rookie. I know he could take strides this year, but with the lack of offensive line that's there and just how bad this offense is going to be, you know, I just wonder what his upside is really going to be for fantasy. That's interesting. I guess we'll, we'll find out. I, I, it also didn't help that he didn't get a chance to really get into a lot of a rhythm, you know, with the Puccaneers not really running the ball too much, but um yeah, if, if white busts, then I think the Buccaneers are going to be flat out bust. Uh, unless, of course, Sean Tucker is, uh, you know, completely given a, a full clean bill of health and he comes in like gangbusters and, and looks great in the preseason and uh, then he'll get some carry share there. But anyway, my bust for the division is Kendra Miller. And I think it's because the Saints are primarily going to use Jamal Williams and Alvin Kamara at the running back position. And let's not forget that Miller also had a, a torn MCL. This is, you know, right before the championship game the, uh, the, uh, in college. And it was a grade two or grade three, which is not great. Uh, he did have it surgically repaired, but he might be healthy. But there's still going to be a little bit of a degree of uncertainty and confidence, a lack of confidence, perhaps, that we see, especially from running backs when they have knee surgery the following year. So it may not be the big daddy like an ACL, but an MCL is, uh, you know, just in, in terms of being able to come back, it's also equally as difficult. So uh, I think that the Saints are kind of going to go easy on Kendra Miller. And this is going to be that's why they have Jamal Williams and Alvin Kamara. So I think I think Miller is going to be a little bit of a bust this year. And it might not be until 2024 until we kind of see him take off. 
Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I I like Miller from a dynasty perspective. You know, I think he could really. I like. I I was targeting him a lot in my drafts, but I think you're right. I think in a way he could be a medical redshirt, or maybe near the end if they're not in it, maybe he gets uh, more spelled in towards the end of the season. But I wouldn't expect any immediate impact, especially like you said, recovering from the MCL. Uh, my bus, which I think most are already fading on, uh, is Mike Evans. Uh, for me, Mike Evans has had, I've always, I've, you know, you can attest to this, Joe. I've always been a Mike Evans fan. Uh, I think this might be the first season where he, I, I, I believe he will get under 1,000 yards. Um, I know he's, um, you know, one of the top options there, but I just don't have enough confidence in the quarterback room. And the other problem is I don't think Todd Bowles wants that to be the offense either. Um, I think he is more in line with uh, ground and pound, uh, maybe utilizing a Rashad White and then relying on his defense. I, I don't think that we're going to be seeing a lot of uh, pass attempts out of that quarterback room, which that means less targets for him. So even if he has a high target share, if he's only getting five or six targets a game, it's not going to do him any good. So uh, at this point, unless he's a severe, severe discount, um, I'm avoiding him in all drafts this year. Yeah, I think maybe the, the, the fizz is leaving the soda there for Mike Evans. Uh, you know, he's kind of ending, I don't want to say ending. He's, he's, he's in the, the sunset of his career, I think. And, and what a career it's been, right? All those, was it now eight consecutive thousand yard seasons? I think so. I mean, that's, that's, Hey, if he can do it this year with Baker Mayfield and this team, then wow. He's yeah, he's, he's up there. Well, so. I, I, th- I think he might be a prime trade deadline guy. Yeah. You know, like yeah, possibly, could. you know, could the Bucks trade him at the deadline? He wants to go to a winning organization, doesn't want to go through a rebuild, uh, you know, or maybe he wants to be a Buccaneer for life. You know, I don't I don't know, you know, his mentality. But, yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, I just don't see him being used enough in that offense uh, for him to be fancy relevant. So that concludes our show, breaking down the NFC South division for the upcoming NFL season. Before we sign off, Jeff, thanks so much uh, for coming on the show today. Where can others find your great work? (laughs) Well, uh, you can find my work at footballguys.com. You can see my my rankings there. I do all rankings from dynasty to redraft to IDP, rookie, whatever, you name it. So that's all there. I also do a bunch of collaborative pieces and I do a, a weekly article during the season. So you can find my work there. Um, also want to say that uh, I, I also work for uh, the fantasy doctors as their designer and video editor. And we've got a, uh, an injury guide that is now available, which is outstanding because you've got a doctor's perspective on on players and their injury histories and, and what could potentially happen this year. Last year, the highest, the, the player with the highest like injury risk score was Tua Tungabaloa. And we know what happened with him. So uh, I'm not going to really go into who that player is this year because, um, well, that's that's not for me to say. But uh, <laughs> but definitely check out the guide. It's available. Go to thefantasydoctors.com. You can sign up for it there. Also, we have a, a partnership with Sleeper. So if you put down $20 into Sleeper as the first time uh, entry, you can get that injury guide for free. So uh, check that out as well. And uh, thanks for allowing me to plug those things. 
Oh, absolutely. And we might have got just a little bit of an inkling about uh, maybe you've been influenced uh, hearing about the Kendry Miller MCL. <laughs> maybe we heard a little influence from the doctors of uh, why we should be avoiding him. I'm sure he's not number one, but, uh, right. you know, maybe we got a little sample there. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, there's, there's. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a, it's a fantasy guide, but it also in, incorporates injuries and and doctors' opinions based off of that. So, uh, if you like graphs and if you're in big into infographs and you're a visual learner and you like to see data in a visual chart or a graph, there's tons of that in the guide, and uh, it's it's it, you really learn a lot just by reading it. Hmm. Very cool. So if you listen to this, you definitely want to check that out. If you enjoyed this video, we are a new channel. Uh, so we do ask you for your support. You can like this video. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, you can put a comment below. Who do you think is going to win the NFC South? And how is it all going to shake out? We want to hear from you. Put that comment below. Uh, you can also listen to us on Apple and Spotify podcasts as well. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and check out our other divisional previews. We've done all of the AFC, uh, as well as now a few NFC videos as well. Thank you so much for watching, and until next time.